Hi, this is John, by the way, and today in my little extra podcast, I'm looking at the book of 2 Corinthians, chapters 1 through 7. I really like the introduction in the Come Follow Me manual on page 149. I really like it because I feel like a lot of us have been there before. Here's what it says. Sometimes being a church leader means having to say some difficult things. This was true in Paul's day, just as it is today. Apparently, a previous letter from Paul to the Corinthian saints included chastening and caused hurt feelings. In the letter that became 2 Corinthians, he tried to explain what had motivated his harsh words. Quote, Out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you with many tears, not that ye should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. That's 2 Corinthians 2.4. When you're on the receiving end of some correction from a leader, the manual continues, it definitely helps to know that it is inspired by Christ-like love. And even in those cases where it is not, if we're willing to see others with the kind of love Paul felt, it's easier to respond appropriately to any offenses. And then the last part in the manual says, as Jeffrey R. Holland counseled, be kind regarding human frailty, your own as well as those who serve with you in a church led by volunteer mortal men and women. Except in the case of his only perfect begotten son, imperfect people are all God has ever had to work with. And it stops there, but I remember the talk called Lord, I believe, in the April of 2013 General Conference. And what Holder Holland said after that was great. Imperfect people are all God has ever had to work with. And then he said, it must be terribly frustrating to him, but he deals with it. And so should we. So a church leader sometimes might need to sound one way and other times sound another. And this reminded me, of course, of uh, Jacob in the Book of Mormon, who said, some of you have come up here today to hear the pleasing word of God, which healeth the wounded soul. And instead, I'm paraphrasing, I have to wound those who are already wounded and speak some harsh words. So sometimes leaders have to do both. Well, Paul came in strong and then in, it sounds like here, he's emphasizing a lot of love and dealing with trials and things like that. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I determined this with myself. I would not come again to you in heaviness. <laughs> so he came in a little different way this time. There's a, a couple of verses I want to point out. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Very interesting. In Alma chapter 61 verse 15, at the end of the war chapters, this is a letter that I believe Pahoran is writing to Captain Moroni. He says, conduct the war in that part of the land according to the Spirit of God, which is also the Spirit of Freedom. I love to tell the students in my classes that God is all about freedom. Satan is all about addiction. Don't get those mixed up. God is about freedom. Satan is about control and bondage and addiction. So Alma says, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Freedom. Paul says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I want to spend some time on chapter 4, because I really like it. 2 Corinthians 4. The little synopsis at the beginning of the chapter says, Gospel light shines on the saints. 
mortal trials are nothing as contrasted with eternal glory. So if we go to verse 3, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Remember Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, if you light a candle, you put it on a candlestick and it giveth light to all that are in the house. You don't light it and put it under a bushel, so let your light so shine before men. So I put in my margin next to 2 Corinthians 3.3, 3, a city set on a hill cannot be hid, right? Verse 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I love all verses that talk about light and shining. I think they're fascinating. I think there is a a definition of light that means truth, like let me shed some light on that subject, but there's literal light sometimes that can be seen in people. Moses glowed, Abinadi glowed with a literal light. And I'm going to quote from a talk that Elder James E. Faust gave, where he also spoke about light. He said, this, this talk's called A Light in Their Eyes from October 2005. And I've used it a lot because I, I just love the idea. So, But this part I haven't used. So in this talk, President Faust, some years ago, Constance, a student nurse, was assigned to try to help a woman who had injured her leg in an accident. The woman refused medical help because she had had a negative experience with someone at the hospital. She was afraid and had become something of a recluse. The first time Constance dropped by, the injured woman ordered her out. On the second try, she did let Constance in. By now the woman's leg was covered with large ulcers and some of the flesh was rotting, but still she didn't want to be treated. Constance made it a matter of prayer, and in a day or two, the answer came. She took some foaming hydrogen peroxide with her for her next visit. As this was painless, the old woman let her use it on her leg. Then they talked about more serious treatment at the hospital. Constance assured her that the hospital would make her stay as pleasant as possible. In a day or two, the woman did get the courage to enter the hospital. When Constance visited her, the woman smiled as she said, You convinced me. Then, quite unexpectedly, she asked Constance, What church do you belong to? Constance told her, she was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The woman said, I knew it. I knew you were sent to me from the first day that I saw you. There was a light in your face that I had noticed in others of your faith. I had to put my trust in you. In three months' time, that festering leg was completely healed. Members of the ward where the old woman lived remodeled her house and fixed up her yard. The missionaries met with her, and she was baptized soon after. All of this because she noticed the light in that young student nurse's face. So there it is again, verse 6, 2 Corinthians 4, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. So many stories like this that are just as real as the stories of Moses and Abinadi whose countenance glowed. If you have a minute, go find on your gospel library that talk from President Faust called A Light in Their Eyes, October 2005. Now, just because we have the light, does that mean life will be easy? No, Paul continues. 
with the verse, I, when I saw it, I thought, I know Elder Maxwell, Elder Neil M. Maxwell used that one a lot. So I looked it up, and he did, on scriptures.byu.edu, or you can use the Citation Index app on your phone. Amazing. Any verse in the whole standard works, you can find where church leaders since the Restoration have commented on it in General Conference. So here we are, 2 Corinthians 4.8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken cast down, but not destroyed. This is kind of our lot in life. If we're going to be striving in a world that seems to be going the opposite direction, even though we have light and joy, we're going to be troubled, distressed, perplexed, persecuted, but we won't be forsaken. We won't be in distress. We won't be destroyed. So, Elder Neelay Maxwell gave a talk in October 1982. Let's see, I was still on my mission when he gave this talk. President Brigham Young said of the geographical destination, this is the place of God's plan of salvation with its developmental destination. It can be said, this is the process. President Brigham Young, who knew something about trial and tribulation, but also of man's high destiny, said the Lord lets us pass through these experiences that we might become true friends of God by developing our individual capacities, wisely exercising our agency and trusting God, including when we feel forsaken and alone. Then we can, said President Young, learn to be righteous in the dark. Now listen to this part from Elder Maxwell. The gospel glow we see radiating from some amid dark difficulties comes from illuminated individuals who are of good cheer. To be cheerful when others are in despair, to keep the faith when others falter, to be true even when we feel forsaken, all of these are deeply desired outcomes during the deliberate divine tutorials which God gives to us, because He loves us. These learning experiences, concluded Elder Maxwell, must not be misread as divine indifference. Instead, such tutorials are a part of the divine unfolding. So when Paul says we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed, we're perplexed but not in despair, we're persecuted but not forsaken, we're cast down but not destroyed, Elder Maxwell says, don't misread that as divine indifference. Such tutorials are part of divine unfolding. So he's involved, he knows what we're going through, he sees all of it. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15, it says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. All things are for our sakes. Yeah, I think the ups and the downs are all for our sake, for our good. I think of when the episode of the fall, the land was cursed for your sake. It was, it was perhaps... That meaning is, this will be for your ultimate good. So next to that verse, 2 Corinthians 4.15, where all things are for your sakes, I wrote my margin, Romans 8.28. Remember that one? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So God is really good at making things that are hard or difficult work out for our best. 
some things happen to us that we didn't do something wrong. Somebody else misused their agency. I don't think God causes those, but I do think God can find a way to turn that to our good. And sometimes that's by helping others who are having a similar problem or a similar trial. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, I just love this phrase, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So often we speak about being clean when we're baptized or having our sins forgiven. Paul uses such a strong language. You're actually a new creature or a new creation. You are completely different. There's a beautiful picture in the Come Follow Me manual of a caterpillar and then a chrysalis and then a butterfly. And I mean, there's no resemblance between a caterpillar and a butterfly. It's so different. And that's why I love the phrase, a new creature. I don't think it is as quick as that happens to a caterpillar and to a butterfly, but it can happen over a person's life, maybe some quicker than others, that we, because of the gospel, become new creatures. And so many testimonies that we hear, we hear something exactly like that, that God can make somebody into a new creature. Now, one of the last things I wanted to mention in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17, is interesting and kind of might sound like a paradox to other things that you've heard. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So he's talking about the wicked and says, come out from among them and be separate. But don't we also hear, be in the world but not of the world? Yes, we do. And that is the challenge, isn't it? We, we're not going to go build a fortress in the mountains and hide from the world and just bring all our church books up there and be with each other, even though that sounds kind of nice and kind of tempting, doesn't it? But I wanted you to, to, to note that Alma 5.57 uses uh, almost the same exact phrase. Remember that Alma was called by um, Elder Bruce R. McConkie an American Paul. Because Alma had his road to Damascus experience, kind of, just like, just like Paul did. So, verse 57 of Alma 5. Now I say unto you, all you that are desirous to follow the voice of the Good Shepherd, listen to this, come ye out from the wicked, and be ye separate, and touch not their unclean things. Just, whoa, that's exactly what 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says. And behold, their names shall be blotted out, that the names of the wicked shall not be numbered among the names of the righteous, that the word of God may be fulfilled, which saith, the names of the wicked shall not be mingled with the names of my people. So that's the challenge, to go to school, to go to work, to be in the world, but to be separate in our behavior, in our language, in our habits, even in what we drink. My, my dad, who worked for the Utah Highway Department for years. He was a geologist, and he would go out with a pretty rough crew, the, the drillers. And Dad was the educated among some pretty blue-collar dudes. He didn't talk the same way that they did, and they noticed it. 
and th- thankfully they were kind to him. He said sometimes after drilling, we'd be out in the field doing some drilling, they would show up with ice cold beer and they'd hand me a lukewarm Sprite. And we all smiled and laughed and thought that was wonderful, that he could be with them, but not doing what they were doing, but he could be a light to them, as Paul is telling us to be in 2 Corinthians 4. Love that idea. The light to shine out of darkness, God who hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. And then perhaps closing, I'm looking in my triple here. I just love this verse when, when we have those stories about people that seem to have a light in their eyes. Section 88 of the Doctrine and Covenants, verse 11. The light which shineth, which giveth you light, is through him who enlighteneth your eyes, which is the same light that quickeneth your understandings. Which light proceedeth forth from the presence of God to fill the immensity of space. Wow, great stuff. Well, thanks for joining me, and we will continue with 2 Corinthians next time. 